You're listening to a podcast from the University of Warwick. This series was produced as part of the conference All Together Now, British Theatre After Multiculturalism. The conference was organised in collaboration with the British Theatre Consortium. In this episode, we hear from playwright Ali Abano, speaking as part of the panel session Mistaken Identity. I want to bring Ali in, if I may, if that's all right. Ali, when we were talking earlier, you were saying to me that um, you're, I hope this is okay to say, but you were from the 80s, like, as it were. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> next. Um, so, it, yeah, that point of view is very interesting, very valuable to us. Um, and and I, I just was interested also, I don't know if this is going to connect with what you're going to say, so I'll, I'll just sort of yeah. put it in and see whether, whether it does. But um, just um, in relation to what Lynette was saying about dealing with grief and so on, and although your play, by all accounts, is was very part, used humour very successfully, engaged with an audience humorously, yeah. but um, there was a theme, as I understand it, that you do have a character in it who loves someone who finds their ideas and their allegiances abhorrent. Is that is that correct? Um, so that it, I don't know whether yeah, that's yeah, a good it description. Is, it is, it is, it and is. I think that's re- that that really interested me. The idea that we are, you know, that, that in a way, do you see what I mean about the sort of performance of um, <coughs> fracture? Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, no, I don't know how to answer that. Okay, um, don't. <laughs> don't. I'll think about it. Um, but I'm going to go with the topic of mistaken identity, which is actually yeah. why I wrote my play. Um, I thought um, a lot of what was being said out there was mistaken, at least in regards to me. Um, when I was writing Shades, I felt very scared to write it because I thought, great as my friend calls me now quite you know mockingly he calls me the muslim voice which i think is actually (laughs) really sad because i've never seen myself like that and um it sort of shows what a lack of muslim writers they are or ethnic writers you are that you get labeled muslim black etc um but when i was writing it i um i didn't want to write it to be quite frank i have been doing the theater circuit for a while while i was um a teacher and I started at the Royal Court, which is where I eventually ended, um, on the Young Writers Programme. And they said, oh, you have talent, but we'll see you later. And I was like, all right then. <laughs> and so I did the rounds of various other theatres. And I did feel a little bit like, maybe like Ashmead, that um, I had to write um, for these theatres. I had to write a Muslim play, I had to write something that was... Um, I'd, basically, at that time, I wasn't willing to write. And um, I was getting quite despondent. And then what happened was... Is, um, the Unheard Voices programme started at the Royal Court, which was specifically for Muslims, and um, Unheard Voices was a title we took the piss out of all the time that we were there. And listen to voices. Yeah, like, Unheard know. Voices, you know. All my friends were like, we hear you all the time, Ali. And I was like, yeah, I'm quite vocal, I know that. But it was just sort of summed up for me. Where in the media it was saying, integrate, integrate, integrate. And I was like, um, I think I'm integrated. But, um, you know... <laughs> But then the sense of unheard voices. So I didn't feel like I wasn't the one who was integrated. I felt like there was a whole, I don't know if they were white or what they were, part of Britain that wasn't integrated with me or hadn't met a Muslim because I was very well integrated with white, blacks, Asian, Chinese and never felt any different from them. Or if I was different from them, never in a way that isolated me. And so I did the Unheard, unheard Voices programme and, and I was sitting there I thought, I mean, it was for Muslim playwrights and we were segregated or whatever. And I was sitting there thinking, um, you know, I really love the Royal Court. I do. I think they've done some amazing work. And I thought, I want to be on stage. Um, do I write a Muslim play? <laughs> and as I was sitting there, I sort of 
you know, and then I, it wasn't that I should I write, it was partly should I write one. And then it got me thinking, actually, maybe there is a need for a different type of Muslim play because I was, I was sick and tired of going to Asian theatre and seeing a play about arranged marriages, um, terrorists, what was the other one that I had down? Oh, The Wife Batra. I mean, I love East is East, and I thought it was amazing for its time, but for me, you know, nothing's moved on, really, from East is East. And I was sitting there, and I was thinking, nobody in this room knows who I am, in a sense. I, I'm, I've always been British. For me, it's never been a question of, are you British or Muslim? And I think, in some way, that's the mistake um, that the media have made, is question normal, I would call them normal, the normal average Muslim, now to think, am I British or am I Muslim? And I'm sorry, that was never a question for me in the 80s when I, or the 90s or whenever I was growing up. I was um, aware there were racist elements in the community, but for me there were elements that weren't like a major concern to me. Everybody else was fine, and now I feel like the whole of society is asking you, are you British or are you Muslim? Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm both, and some days I'm neither. You know, some days <laughs> whatever. I'm, and that's why I say mistaken identity because I feel like I have a very confused identity, and it changes every day. It actually is very fluid, mm-hmm. and you know, one day I'm Muslim, one day I'm a woman, and you know, some days I'm I don't know what I am. I'm all of these things all in one. So when I was writing Shades, I thought, you know what, it's time we had a story. That for me maybe slightly personal, but that just showed that Muslim people aren't like, you know, on a mat five times a day, really stern, because the one thing that, and I'm sorry about my language, pissed me off, was everything that I saw around me, even in theatre at the time, was um, young Asian men, oh, you know, oh, you know British society, you know, we're going to blow it up, or um, the Muslim woman being oppressed. And yeah, those stories do exist, and I've seen them, but my story isn't like that, and I don't think my story is a, a Muslim story, I just think my story is an individual story. And that's essentially what I wanted to do when I wrote Shades. Maybe I didn't do it, I don't know. Um, But I had five different types of Muslims on stage. I went from the stereotype, so I had the fundamentalist. um, One that you guys might not know, but we know very well, is the hypocrite, who's like, you know, really cool and charming, but hates women. And um, (laughs) then we had like the uh, the feminist girl, and then we had um, the gay, Muslim guy, which is the whole love-hating thing, and yes, the gay Muslims as well, because my best friend is gay, but uh, and Muslim, but there's this whole thing that they're ostracised immediately by the whole of the community. Well, you know what? The second-generation Muslims out there who Britain have integrated really well, and you know, well done to Britain. I've been born and raised. He told me he was gay. I was like, great, because I don't fancy you, and that's what I was really worried about <laughs> when we were sitting here, because I thought you were going to hit on me, and uh, a <laughs> beautiful friendship ensued. And um, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> but I think, you know, it went on stage and it got really good reviews. And um, yeah, I'm happy as a writer that I got good reviews. But when I was reading some of the reviews, and one of them sticks in my mind, because the opening scene on my play was about um, this girl who goes speed dating. And um, one of the reviews, he was lovely, and he said, oh, but I never knew that Muslim speed dating existed. And I thought, what do you think we do? I mean... <laughs> I didn't know that Muslim speed dating existed and I thought that was really sad. I thought that was sad that identity or identity of Muslims had come to such a state that you thought they didn't go speed dating or you thought my play was particularly witty and intelligent because 
I don't think it is. I think it's the average of what I see in people and in the society around me. And yeah, I'm really happy that the Royal Court put it on because I think the Royal Court lost this identity when it put my play on because it was a rom-com. It was something they wouldn't usually do. It was working class and, you know, a credit to Dominic for doing it and with random, which I really, really loved. And when I went to watch that, I was like, yeah, this is the kind of writing I want to do. And um, I don't know, for me, theatre is in a more positive place, I think, personally. And maybe that's because I'm not engaging with the politics. I think, yes, there's a lack of writers, but these black and black and Asian writing initiatives, I, yeah, I'm sad they exist, but I wouldn't be here if they didn't exist. So I think they need to be applauded too in some way. I don't know what the solution is. Um, treat everyone fairly. Treat yeah. everyone fairly, but then you know what, Ashmead, like you said, oh, you know, writers, but then some writers will say, I don't know, I mean, I'm not this you in particular, but you know, I'm a great writer, I'm black and Asian, my work's not on the stage, but let's stop for a second and maybe your play is actually crap, and that's why not, it's not on stage. It works both ways. So if you want that freedom of let's take identity out of it, I'm totally with you. Let's all hand in our plays anonymously so nobody knows who we are, but then don't argue, my play isn't on stage because it's, um, you know, because I'm black or I'm Asian, let's start having the real debate, let's hand in our plays anonymously and see what comes up and then we'll know how racist or whatever society is because sometimes, I've been on the circuit for four years, if they'd all caught put on my play that I wrote for them four years ago, then I would say it was tokenism because that play was a pile of crap. Shays is a, the most amazing play on the planet, but, you know, it is. <laughs> thank you. But it's in, a lot, it's in a lot better place than I was four years ago. And I think that's, you know, and that's, I think, as a writer, and I'm not as an, a Muslim woman, Asian, I think I'm hoping that all corporate put it on because they thought, actually, that's quite good writing. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Thank you, well done. <laughs> I'm going to give you a chance to speak. Natalie just wanted to chip in on that. I just, I just want to chip in because I think a uh, very important point has been made, um, which is about production. Um, I think there are a lot of courses, there's a lot of development happening, and I think um, there are writers out there, um, you know, of different identities, many different identities. But I think the real, the real point, the real cutting point here is that we've got to move more of those plays into production, we have to, of course, have the yardstick of quality, whatever that is. You know, that's dependent on whoever's putting mm. up the money to produce it, I suppose, to make that judgment. But um, I just want to say a, a thing about we run an award called the Brian Way Award. Uh, Brian Way was the founder of Theatre Centre in 1953. And we inherited the Arts Council's Children's Award um, and named it the Brian Way Award, and we've been running it for the third year now. And it's an award for the best, to uh, judged, obviously, best produced uh, new play for children and young people within a sort of window of time, uh, a year, September to September. And this year we... We didn't get as many submissions as I would like, but they're all of a, of a caliber, and we got 33 submissions. Um, of those 33 submissions, one was by uh, a, a, a black or Asian female writer. You're talking about produced plays. Uh, produced, so this is produced plays. So that's sort of one out of 33 being produced. There may be more, but we'd like to think that you know people would, it was an open submissions. And I think that's a very, very important 
point that we have to be producing more sort of black and Asian writers, not just because of the visibility of identity, but because of the development of talent as well. And you can develop people to death, I think, but actually you've got to start producing that work because you can only learn through the experience of production. I'm very proud to say that that one writer was Anne Ballone uh, for the play Romeo and the City, which was commissioned and produced by Theatre Centre. So um, I think that's a point that the production um, that everybody, uh, you know, is a very, very important point. And it's the most expensive point because it's not cheap. And can I say as well on that point, because I'm a teacher, I do think production of Asian and black writers is very important because since Shades of Shades come on. I know, like their new and heard voices program has attracted more writers. Uh, friends of mine now feel like they should be writing. Okay, they're my competition, whatever. But they feel like they should be writing, and they actually believe their plays will come on stage. I think the reason why one of one out of thirty-three people applied is because they just think actually mm-hmm. it's put luck, it's sporadic, and that's why one of the reasons they don't get in. Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't even attempt yeah, to write. It, it, Yes, I think it's because yeah. they don't see they have the role yeah. models, and I yeah. think that's where production comes in, not only for young people that are seeing the plays and seeing the actors that the plays necessitate uh, as role models, but also I think other aspiring writers need to see production in order to see that you can... It, there are places where it can work, it can, you can get produced. I, I think the argument about quality, just very briefly, is, yeah. is, is a good one and also a dangerous one because if you're looking at it from... Um, I was working at Stratford East for a while and I, if, if, if a white writer came through, I remember specifically a white writer, you know, middle-aged, kind of late 40s, early 50s, but she wrote a brilliant play and I was really kind of... Kind of uh, Holding this play up, it wasn't quite right for Stratford, but it was a brilliant play, and mm. I was, you know, I was still saying, you know, we should promote her and get her, get her on. But sometimes when you argue quality, they'll argue down the the, the quality of your work on on, on on quality, but actually it's 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 there's a bias inbuilt into these kind of institutions sometimes as well. So it's their point of view about your quality. So that play about Zahid Mubarak about young offenders institutions, uh, well, are uh, too many racists in there. We don't really, we can't really relate to that. We're, we know we're not racist, so we mm. can't relate to, to mm. racism. So, so there's an inbuilt bias. So, mm. so quality is a, is a, it's a tricky argument because one person's quality is, is, you know, so subjective. This conference was supported by the School of Theatre Performance and Cultural Policy Studies at the University of Warwick, Warwick Arts Centre, the Humanities Research Centre at the University of Warwick, and the Department of Drama and Theatre at Royal Holloway.